Take one. Take two. Action. Action. You're listening to the Double Take Podcast with Natalie and Natasha McAvora. Hi everyone, I'm Natasha McAvora. And I'm Natalie McAvora. And we're obviously your hosts. (laughs) And welcome to the very first episode of the Double Take Podcast. So just a little background as to why we started this podcast. We often get our friends asking us for our takes on everything that's happening in the entertainment world. I'm actually like, nobody's even asking me. I just say everything unprompted and everyone just like why did you just send me a novel nobody <laughs> asked for this go to bed natalie because oftentimes i text about like my thoughts about things at like 3 30 in the morning and nobody else is awake because everyone else has normal jobs most of the time it's like natalie and i talking to each other and we're the only ones that care about it but like sometimes our friends will be like oh i heard about this but i don't have an opinion on it or can you tell me what my opinion should be in case somebody asks about it and the only thing i know how to do is give opinions <laughs> so um and Like, as Natalie said, it's often asked unprompted, and she'll just tell you, and that's kind of what we're doing to you right now, is giving you our um, double take um, without you asking. So, here it is. So, a little bit about us. Again, I'm Natalie, and, like, I think our voice, I'm saying that because our voices sound the exact same. If you haven't included in that we're twins, we're twins. So, (laughs) we sound the exact same. Um... So I work in the TV industry, funny enough, um, and I'm obsessed with it. I've always loved TV, movies, pop culture, but I never thought I would actually work in it just because it didn't feel like it could be real, and it is. So dreams do come true, kids. (laughs) And I'm Natasha. This is the sound of my voice. And I don't work in TV, um, but I watch a lot of it. I actually work in um, the HR, employer branding, and recruitment marketing space. Um, But then, I don't know how I kind of got into pop culture, or how maybe both of us did. Um, When we were kids, our dad would take us to chapters pretty much every Sunday. And we'd read, like, every issue of, like, Tiger Beat, J14. Like, we'd literally take them all off the rack. Then we'd, like, go sit up on this windowsill, read all of them. We would go into, like, the Starbucks and chapters and get our chocolate frappuccinos because that's all you can drink when you're six. And <laughs> and those chocolate pretzels, the chocolate yeah. caramel pretzels. And we would just plow through every single magazine. We would sit there for hours. Always taking the quizzes. And I think that's kind of – that was our first – foray into pop culture and um ever since our interest has kind of just always been evolving yeah I've always loved tv film it's always been I think the way that I learned about how the world the world works and I think like people who make fun of gossip in pop culture are dumb because culture (laughs) pop culture is like world culture it's like you I think people who have a lot of pop culture knowledge are very intelligent people listen if you come to us and you're like oh my god I'm so not into pop culture or celebrities you're not a cool person yeah you're not I'm like (laughs) I actually don't want to be around you (laughs) get out of my face you're boring you're boring you're boring and I feel like especially um in our post Trump era media literacy is such a huge like thing that a lot of people just don't have even before Donald Trump became um, the president. And so I find people who read and consume culture are very media literate. I'm not to call a lot of people dumb, but a lot of people are. (laughs) 
it's just how it is. Like, you know, those people who are constantly um, spreading false information on Facebook, guaranteed none of them have ever watched like Real Housewives before and they're dumber for it. So maybe let's get into the meat of today's episode. And I'm thinking that we should go in order of things that happened this past week. So you want to start with the WandaVision finale? Let's talk about the WandaVision finale. So we are talking the WandaVision finale. And if you haven't watched it yet, which you're crazy if you haven't, like, you have two seconds to, like... Before we start going full spoilers. Also, (laughs) I have a huge problem with... And if you listen to my last podcast, The Culture Crunch, um, everyone had a problem with me spoiling A Star is Born on there. And I was like, listen... It's been remade 17 times. It was made four times. (laughs) Like, I didn't spoil a thing. Um, but yeah, we go full spoilers here, so if you don't want to know what happens in the WandaVision finale, uh, take a pause, go watch it, and then come back. Let's get into it. (laughs) Okay, now. (laughs) Um, I absolutely loved this show as a whole. Um, part of, like, one of my favorite things to do with watching shows like WandaVision or anything that comes from the MCU or, like, what I used to do with Pretty Little Liars all the time. I love making theories and trying to guess what happens. And a lot of the times, um, my theories are never correct. Um, <laughs> and that is exactly what happened with WandaVision. And the thing is, I'm glad my theory wasn't correct. I because know. it had a perfect, beautiful ending. Oh, my God. I cried for, like, 20 minutes. Um, but before we even get to that, I just want to point out what I love about, the, about WandaVision was it was so clearly a show made by people who just love television. Agreed, agreed. I, it's people who, it was a love letter to television on top of being a meditation um, about grief. And uh, it was very much Wanda's story, I think, with a lot of um, MCU characters outside of the main six from the Avengers movies. We didn't get to see a lot of them. And that was, and I have loved um, Elizabeth Olsen since uh, Martha Marcy May Marlene. (laughs) I literally never can say the name of that movie. I'm like, Mercy Marsha Michael. But that's a great movie. Ton of ton would recommend. Um, Yeah. I loved her since that. Uh, Love her and everything that she's done. Ingrid Goes West. West. Mm. Phenomenal. Um, She was great in Wind River. She was great when she was a little kid in her sister's movies. Um, (laughs) Love me some Lizzie Olsen. Lizzie. (laughs) So I was always very disappointed with how little screen time she got in the Avengers movies, considering, like, to me... And how trash they treated her, too. Like, I regularly think about how Infinity War... Like, how did Captain America and, um, what's her nuts? Black Widow. Black Widow have to save her when she's... Not not even arguably, she's the strongest Avenger. Yeah, she is the strongest Avenger. Sorry, Thor. But, um... (laughs) No, I I always found her to be the most interesting character. She had the most interesting powers. Um, and I know when you're doing these big team-up movies, it's very difficult to try and dedicate time to everyone. It's amazing that they managed to do what they did with the Infinity Saga movies. Um, so I loved that we just got to get rid of all of that and just focus on Wanda and her vision. <laughs> and I think what really resonated with people on the show and something I heard Elizabeth Olsen say in an interview was like when they were filming, like they didn't really realize that all of us were going to be living in our own bubble. Like Wanda obviously created her own bubble. Um, 
and a lot of and was going through grief and obviously all of us right now are kind of in our own little bubbles going through grief and so I think it was such a timely show and they didn't really know that it was going to happen but it's probably one of the best things to have happened this past year. Yeah um, it was a phenomenal show from start to finish. I mean I think uh, in the finale of this show we see the final showdown between Wanda and Agatha Harkness. We see Vision versus Vision. We see... Um, Wait hey- time out time out I just have to say and Natalie and I talk about this regularly vision is hot yeah it's like <laughs> weird like you would think like wow like so weird that one is in love with a robot but I'm like no I get it I get it <laughs> I and, would love him and too. if I'm ranking um I would put um like red vision number one human vision number two and white vision um number three Agreed. White Vision is ugly. White Vision is ugly. It's and so, so it's like weird. it's so wild how he go, he's like super hot as a robot, like a mediocre human being, and then just like straight up like ugly. Like he was like an Ultron ripoff. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I, you know, as much as like I'm, I really loved uh, seeing Wanda's journey in this show. I really do want to give a shout out to Paul Bettany. Um. He delivered. He was delivering. He was giving us everything. And I really just loved Vision's story, too, of mm-hmm. him just not really um, him being like this sentient robot that has all the knowledge in the world, but still not understanding what he is. Mm, um, that had me crying at the end. Yeah. And he's like, Wanda, what am I? And, oh. and, and he, like the last line of, he's like, and now I'm a memory made real. And um, I, yeah, I really, because... I, there wasn't really too much that we got to see between Wanda and Vision, um, between Age of Ultron and Civil War and then Infinity War. We only got, like, probably 10 minutes of screen time with them total Yeah, throughout those three and movies. And part of that was just, like, Vision getting his ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this show really made me believe um, how in their love – Mm-hmm. Um, and the chemistry between Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, too, because I was always a bit weirded out by it because Paul Bettany is, like, I know Elizabeth Olsen is, like, 31 years old, but he's significantly older than her. So and I was friends with Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even want to get in. <laughs> we won't to, talk about we're, that. We won't talk I don't even want to get into that. Um, I, I choose not to see it. Um, <laughs> like, I really do believe in their story and believe in their love. Um, I want their family to get back together i'm not usually a huge fan of like kids and stuff those kids but those wanda's kids if they don't come back kids handle the military yeah kids, <laughs> boys handle the military i was like yes yeah. wanda get even em. though marvel is just military propaganda <laughs> but <laughs> i love that moment and i loved um seeing wanda become the scarlet witch um especially after joss whedon who <laughs> um he told Elizabeth Olsen that she would never wear the Scarlet Witch costume. And now look, she's my icon on Disney Plus. Like when you choose your, like when you go to your profile, mine is now uh, her and her Scarlet Witch costume. We love to see it. I'm really interested to see how they bring Agatha back. I don't think she's this done, is the last no. we've seen of her. Even part of me still felt like even once um, Wanda turned her in back into Agnes, part of me was like, she's faking. I know. I was thinking that too. Like throughout the entire thing, whenever somebody like used their powers on her, she was always like, no, please. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah. Catherine Hahn was incredible in this show. Um, I feel like towards, like, in the last episode, like, I wish that we did get a little bit more of Agatha's motivations besides the fact that she was just power hungry. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know in the comics that Agatha isn't so much a villain. She is a mentor to the Scarlet Witch. So um, when we next see Wanda in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, um, perhaps we will see Agatha again um, turning into like more of a mentor role. Uh, Particularly because the show ends with Wanda hearing her kids say, Mom, help! And it's like, it's that same um sound that you hear like that same call for help when um Agatha oh my god I always mix up like Agatha and Agnes Agnes. (laughs) they're the same when she's like holding them kind of like uh captive so I wonder if she'll be a part of that journey I think she will be I don't think that you cast Catherine Hahn in a one-off role I mean I I (laughs) that was her career yeah the best friend but I mean I think that um, but like after all, like the t- the entire Twitterverse has been like, Agatha all along is the song of the summer, <laughs> the Rohana song. Yeah. Like- I mean, I like most Marvel villains we don't really see come back. But again, um, we know her character in the comics to not necessarily be a villain. A villain. So I think that there's a very good chance that she comes back in some capacity. Um, I also loved how the show set up Monica Rambeau, um, Tiana Paris. What a treat. And what a, just like a beautiful person to look at. Yeah. Can I just say, you know, it was like really funny at the end is, um, they have, um, like Darcy, like hit what uh what's his name like director hayward with a yeah. car and then she disappears yeah and she was just like i've done all i need to do for the day i'll never see you people again <laughs> um and you know what i feel that she's probably like i've had enough yeah <laughs> enough of this um and also the fact that wandavision was giving us some stuff from even smaller characters than just our heroes like i love randall park as agent Wu. i love mm-hmm. kat dennings um as darcy um, and they didn't really get enough to do in Thor and Ant-Man. Yeah. So. And they're both great actors. They're great actors. And I just want a spinoff show of just like Agent Wu and Darcy like solving cases together. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like <laughs> X-Files, but it's Darcy and Agent Wu. Oh, well, genius idea. Marvel, don't take that. We're practicing <laughs> yeah. that right now. <laughs> oh, you can hire me for it. Yeah. <laughs> if you pay us for it, you can have it. Yeah. And. One more thing that I think that we should touch on that is obviously um, like a major a major thing that stood out to people was that Evan Peters Quicksilver was not Quicksilver at all at the end of this. And I love that because we know that this show is setting up what happens in Doctor Strange in the Madness of Multiverse, whatever the fuck that movie is called. <laughs> um, I think that's what it's called. And um, so there's always a chance that we do see those X-Men characters. I know that like, the mutants are coming to Marvel at some point. I don't think that we're going to see any of the people really who, um, like, well, we know Deadpool is coming, and I'm sure that we'll get a few cameos from um, Fox X-Men, but I feel like Marvel has a full intention of just recasting a lot of those roles, and rightfully they should. I think that Fox and that X-Men franchise just kind of run to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um and not interesting, but Evan Peters' Quicksilver is a highlight of those newer movies. So I think that I love that 
we could potentially see him still as Quicksilver, but also know that in the multiverse somewhere, he's actually Ralph Boner. <laughs> Which, okay, it's so funny because Natalie and I, one of our theories was that Agatha's rabbit was, like, that she had turned her husband Ralph into a rabbit, and then it just turns out that it was Ralph Boner all along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I wasn't let down by this. I think that, like, after watching the show, I'm like, I'm glad that my big theories about, like, nightmare is gonna be involved Mm -hmm. we have quicksilver doctor strange is gonna pop up like all these things like that we thought were gonna happen oh like we thought that they were teasing fantastic four as well Well, okay i didn't i didn't think that but a lot of people thought that that, like (laughs) they're like john krizinski he's gonna come as reed richards i'm like you people need to let go of that idea for one there are other actors out there you know what you know what would be really funny though because this is like a multiverse if they bring chris evans back (laughs) as johnny storm yeah (laughs) Um, and Michael B. Jordan was also Johnny Storm oh, and he's Killmonger. That's true. Yeah. Okay, Marvel pay us for that idea too. <laughs> um, but yeah, because everyone was kind of hyping up like who's the aerospace engineer that Monica knows and it, it's like nobody. And I think that's just also just um, a symptom of fandom in general is they take like every little thing and turn it into something bigger. But uh, sometimes it is bigger. But I'm really glad that... but. Okay, I also just want to point out, I didn't think that we would see Reed Richards because uh, in the first episode that we meet Hayward and Monica Rambeau, he mentions that, like, there were still some astronauts missing after the blip. So, in my mind, I was like, those missing astronauts are the Fantastic Four, and their origin story takes place probably um, just right after Endgame and probably during the events of WandaVision. Right, right. You're so smart. Yeah, I know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if that happens. But um, yeah, I'm just really glad that none of my theories came true because at the end of the day, this was Wanda's story. Mm-hmm. This wasn't, um, you know, this wasn't anybody else's story. And I'm glad that we didn't have those big moments or like big reveals because I think it just would have taken away from the mm-hmm. whole thing. Um, we just w- watched her work through her trauma, work through through her grief and obviously she came out way stronger way stronger at the end of it and we love to see it yeah um so coming out next week then uh if you're gonna have that wandavision hole in your heart uh the falcon and the winter soldier does come out next week and i'm very excited about that i feel like um people might not have as high expectations for that show because of how good wandavision was but um it's a different story. It's a completely it's a different, different story. story. Um, we don't even know a lot about it. And like... I just know that I love Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan's chemistry. Yeah. I'm super excited about That's, it. The one thing that sucks about COVID is that we're not getting like... Part of my favorite part of like Avengers rollout premiere uh, is the interviews where it's Anthony yeah. Mackie and Sebastian Stan and we're not getting that this year. Or like we will but over Zoom and I hate watching stuff over Zoom. But it's just not as fun to watch. And, yeah, those two have great chemistry. I'm excited for Anthony Mackie to have a lead role in this major um, franchise. He's a leading actor. Yeah. (laughs) He's, uh, you know, I'm very excited for him and to see what this show is about. Just because, you know, you hear little rumblings here and there that they are going to, you know, deal with race and the government not wanting Sam Wilson to be Captain Captain America. America. Um, and I think also that relates back to like the Sokovia Accords and everything like that. So I think that we, um, 
are going to have a very interesting show. I just would not try to compare it to WandaVision at all because these are completely different stories. And that's the amazing part about Marvel is how all of these interconnected yeah. characters have such uh, rich stories that are also different and told in different ways. Like Black Panther was a completely different story. Like you get Captain America, which is more like also honestly a political thriller. <laughs> and then um, Black Panther is like this geopolitical fa- like family drama. Same with swords. Very Iron Shakespearean. Man is like the military industrial complex. Yeah. Oh, that's what superhero movies are but yeah particularly iron particularly man. iron man um so that's i think the beauty of this franchise and what they've done so well is creating different tones and themes for each character um except for the hulk sorry hulk yeah but you know shout out <laughs> tatiana mazani she hulk yeah that's coming out we love tatiana mazani she's a canadian girl or from black is amazing give her everything love her i'm very excited for she hulk because it's going to be a half hour comedy show and i like that they're doing that like um that we're like i really there's something to be said about like just fitting television into, into half an hour minutes. oh yeah a lot of this a lot of you dragged your shit out way too long yeah um one of my favorite shows in like the last few years is the girlfriend experience and that's a drama that is only half an hour long and it's perfect perfect so, moving on. Actually, you know what? I don't think that we're doing this in chronological order because I think that this actually came before the WandaVision finale, but, like, who cares? Um, so, we obviously had to touch on um, Chris Harrison, the Bachelor drama. We don't want to talk about it that much. No, especially, but... <laughs> I'm honestly really not too involved in Bachelor Nation. The elite dating shows are Are You the One in Love Island. That's the realm that I exist in. I'm not too much into The Bachelor, so this is mostly going to be Natasha. <laughs> so I do watch The Bachelor. I obviously have my qualms with it. Um, like Natalie said, there are better dating shows out there because The Bachelor is like just very clearly a white Christian dating show. Um, and that's why they handle race relations so terribly. <laughs> um, so as most of you know, the season's bachelor is Matt James, and he's the first black bachelor. I want to note that he's biracial, and earlier on the season, he was talking to Chris Harrison about, like, uh, I don't know what to do. The white people want me to date white people, and the black people want me to date black people. And I'm like, no, nobody's, nobody's saying, saying anything. Nobody's, nobody's saying anything to you. <laughs> it's really just, like, him like preemptively saying I'm gonna choose a white lady and black women are gonna be mad and even guess though, what none of us are mad yeah even though his his final four was technically three black women and one white woman who turns out to be an antebellum lady Rachel Kirk Connell or however you say her last name I um so um when the season premiered and people started to see that Rachel was a front runner in the show uh, people from Rachel's high school were making TikToks saying, like, Rachel used to make fun of me for dating a black guy. Then people saw that she was liking pictures of her friends with Confederate flags. I think she was also posting some QAnon shit, which she deleted from her Facebook. Um, and then pictures leaked of her attending an antebellum-themed party with her sorority, or I don't know if she was a part of the sorority or what. Um... And these parties were actually banned in 2016 because they were racist. And then her and her friends held this party in 2018. Um, So then Chris Harrison went on Extra, 
with um, Rachel Lindsay, who was the first black bachelorette, to defend Rachel. And this obviously upset everyone because he was very defensive and like talking over Rachel Lindsay. This may get confusing because there's so many um, Rachels. Rachels. <laughs> um, and he was saying things like, oh, um, is it bad and by 2018 standards or by 2021 standards and like did people even have that lens available to them to critique her actions at that time and first of all I just want to say absolutely yes um and I've talked to, to Natalie about this before about how like Black Lives Matter started in 2014 I believe even like 2012 at but least but even Trayvon yeah Martin. I was gonna say even for me like I remember for me clearly 2012 I was in grade 12 and Trayvon Martin was about my age and I remember that was the case that really put that um in the spotlight for me and um have followed it really closely ever since and also like this has also always been available to white people they just chose they choose not, not to, to listen. ignore it it's not like any of these issues are brand new. I think obviously um, in the age of social media, more people have been given a voice who um, before have always been vocal, but they just didn't have that platform right. to reach globally. Mm-hmm. And because of things like Twitter, now you can. And um, if you fuck up, it's online. And if you are trying to spread a message, it can spread like wildfire now because because you can just go on and send out a tweet and it goes to millions of people worldwide. Yeah. So after all of this, after his interview with Rachel Lindsay, everybody was very upset about his response. And also, I want to be clear that this wasn't just like Chris Harrison's response. Like he, it's ABC's, it's ABC's response. response. Chris um, Harrison is a producer for The Bachelor. Um, he is like a spokesperson for ABC. He's basically their golden boy. So anything he was saying was the views was coming of from the network. ABC. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. Like you know, I'm not trying to take heat off Chris Harrison at all but it's just it's funny that they're almost throwing him under the bus considering that like everything he's saying is what they wanted him to say yeah so then Chris Harrison after all this backlash online from his interview with Rachel said he'd be stepping away from the show he didn't say he was quitting ABC hasn't fired him he just he was stepping away and nobody really knows and stepping away literally just means like he's gonna miss one episode he'll come back for Bachelor in Paradise and they're probably gonna all have a discussion like oh we're gonna have an open discussion about race and that's gonna be it and then they're just gonna go back to normal yeah exactly and so which is basically what happened so for after the final rose they've hired Emmanuel Acho who I actually called obviously none of you can hear my conversations with, with Natalie but I said I was like I bet they're gonna hire that man and they're gonna have like kind of what MTV did after Camilla was like super called racist. Leroy the n-word yeah and, and they're yeah. like and their after show ended up just being like oh let's like a commentary on race or whatever and then they basically just like brushed past it after that and then Camilla went on to win the season yeah so it which is just insane and Emmanuel Acho if we want to talk about people bullying Rachel Lindsay <laughs> That oh man grilled her on his grilled own show. Grilled her. That was bizarre because she was on. I did see like clips of like her and Brian on his show with PK Saban and Lindsey Vaughn, and like Lindsey Vaughn was wilding out in that interview. Like <laughs> Lindsey she was Vaughn literally was like, "Sorry, shit. black women, for taking a strong black man away from me." Nobody pressed her on it. 
Nobody. But he was stepping on Rachel Lindsay's neck for choosing a white guy and marrying a white also, guy. Also, like, nobody was like, no, Lindsay, please give us PK back. Like, <laughs> like literally nobody was saying anything. Like, he was- enough, enough, enough of, like, telling black women, like, you know that uh, like that black women are so upset every time a black man dates a white woman shut up nobody cares (laughs) like nobody fucking cares the only time people care is like if you start dating a white woman and then start slandering black women and and that's happens often that's what people get mad at nobody fucking cares who you date nobody like claims pk saban he's a lovely man i'm pretty sure everyone's just minding their own business i mean they're broken up now which is lol but yeah um and, and also nothing against pk span i know nothing about him i don't really watch hockey um but it's just funny because i was like nobody was like trying yeah. to so like, i just think it's like really funny i think that they obviously picked him because he is very palatable to white people his uncomfortable uncomfortable conversations aren't super uncomfortable yeah it's like they're not really that uncomfortable <laughs> like they're uncomfortable to watch like just the way they're all sitting there is like real awkward like at a table or something <laughs> but like yeah um but anyways, so following that, Chris Harrison was on. Oh, sorry, you wanna? No, I don't. <laughs> I have, I just had a funny thought, but finish, share it, finish. sis. I just said like Chris Harrison's probably gonna like go to the red table. <laughs> There's some healing that needs to happen, and like Chris Harrison's gonna go to the red table. And he's going to, you know, talk to Jada and her mom. And hopefully her mom, like, gives him the same heat that she was giving that uh, oh, Lori, Lo- yeah, Lori Lachlan's daughter. That was perfect. Um, I just think of, like, now every celebrity goes on Red Table Talk to try and, like, rehab their image. And I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, okay. So then Chris Harrison had the opportunity to apologize for his first shit apology or whatever on gma and abc made michael strahan conduct the interview which is just awful because like first of all stop putting black people in these positions yes (laughs) stop making them have to have conversations with racist white people it's exhausting they don't want to do it and And michael strahan is an entertainer i know that's so natalie and i were talking about this we're like michael strahan isn't gonna go hard for chris harrison because michael strahan is literally he's an entertainer he's not a hard-hitting journalist that's why he's on morning television and if you're gonna pick a morning television black person like get robin roberts on there yeah (laughs) or like i know different network but like gail king (laughs) yeah really truly like and even even then i don't want them to go through that no exactly and we already saw a gail go through enough with mia ponsetto (laughs) which gave us you know that gave us sound that gave us gifts um but um yeah i just i'm i think i'm more annoyed with abc um and the way that they've handled this entire thing and i just wanted to point out like natalie said stop putting black people through this michael strahan at the end of that apology was just basically like that was so surface level but we all know that that's going to be the last like that was abc like rubbing their hands of this entire conflict Mm -hmm. and we're gonna see chris harrison back for bachelor in paradise and yeah i should point out that gma is an abc show so they were never going to go hard on him. They no. knew that it was just going to, like, ABC's plan probably was to just make it be a surface level apology, have Michael Strand say, oh, that was very surface level. Um, yeah, and they, and Natalie and I even were saying, like, they let 
like they allow Michael Strahan to say, oh, that was surface level. Just so there's that little yeah, bit of. Yeah, that little bit of like, uh, like, you know, it's not that great. Just so that they don't come off as like, oh, see, he apologized. Everything's fine. Like it's, you know. It's all very questionable. Yes. So um, where I sit with this, well, I've already sat through so much of this season of The Bachelor. I'm committed for the rest of the way. This was the worst season of The Bachelor, honestly, I've ever watched. And I will say last season with Tasia was excellent. Um, It was great TV that we all needed to see. This season, awful. Yeah, I give a lot of heat to Matt James. I actually don't think Matt James is the worst. I think the editing on this season is the worst. (laughs) Um, but enough of that. Um, because some more racist shit happened that we're going to talk about. Are we talking about the OG racists? The The OG racists, the OG colonizers. (laughs) My father, the inventor of Of colonization. (laughs) Like literally, um, yeah, let's get into it. Harry and Meghan interview on Oprah. We knew it was going to be bad. I did not know it was going to be that bad. It was. But I don't know what else I was expecting. Like I said, they're the OG colonizers. They're the OG racists. OG incest. Like OG everything. (laughs) And I think, you know, I think a lot of us are really the only insight that we get into the royal family is watching the crown. And so people are like, oh, no, they're not that bad. But, like, um, a the lot- crown makes them look good. The crown makes them look really good. Even though, like, wow, what a bad PR year for uh, Prince Charles. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, let's just get right into it. Um, we've been new how racist uh, the media has been towards Meghan Markle. Um, we know that um, Prince Philip always has some wild racist shit (laughs) um (laughs) and yet he was not the one that even said the most wild thing about um Archie Megan and Harry's baby because he basically did not get protection to be a prince basically because he is like a quarter black yeah let's get into that so um, Harry and Meghan both confirmed that people were concerned about the skin color of their baby. It wasn't like anybody was... And somebody is so funny. I saw this thing on Twitter of this woman. It's like, maybe it was just casually racist. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, okay. It's like... But like, it's like, no, like, and by casually racist, it was probably like, you know, somebody wondering out loud, hmm, I wonder, like, what your baby's gonna look like. Yeah, and just, um, note to everyone, stop doing that (laughs) don't do that don't start doing that it doesn't feel good um there were like natasha and i are both like um biracial black women and every day people just always used to comment on our skin and they would say stuff like oh my god like you have such beautiful skin like you're so lucky like you got the best features you're not dark it's not a compliment. Yeah, that's just racist. You're just racist. <laughs> um, or people will stop us. One time, I specifically remember like two years ago, we were going on vacation with our friends to Dominican, and this woman stopped me as like we were walking to our seats on the plane, and she's like, what are you? And I was like, you're a random person. Yeah, no, people, like, <laughs> white people be crazy. Like, they crazy. really do just, like, will approach you on the street and just say anything. It's like... It's insane, but anyway, going back to Harry and Meghan, there was speculation about how, and concerns about how dark Archie would be. And, like, first of all, 
Okay, first of all, Meghan Markle it is extremely white passing. Mm-hmm. So this is just like how like deep rooted their racism is. <laughs> like, I know. Um, because, but you know what's funny and like what I've realized over the years is how many like it does not matter. Like they are really all like about like, that one yeah, drop that rule. one drop rule <laughs> because like they really do just like if you're black, even if you're like light skin black, like they just see you. They're like, look at that dark person yeah and like like, listen natalie and i are like kind of giggling and not because it's like not serious it's very serious it's just like it's so insane that we're even talking having this conversation but i want to get into um some our theories here and natalie and i love to speculate we love to start some shit um and obviously everyone that's like the number one thing that everyone is speculating on twitter is like who is the person that made this comment um so obviously harry and megan made it um, known that it wasn't their grandparents, even though Philip probably did. Philip say probably said some shit, but that's par for the course with Philip. Yeah, you like that it wouldn't. With we all yes, Philip too easy. Philip's two hundred years old. He's died and come back to life via that dark man has magic, been kept alive, like, yeah, yeah, by a witch millions of times. We expect it from him. <laughs> um, we know that about Philip. I think it was Charles and Camilla. Yeah, I also you know what i also wouldn't be shocked if it was william and don't come for me william fans because you know what this man has showed his ass um he cheated on his wife and then when it started getting out he threw his brother and his sister-in-law under the bus so yes and at the end of the interview like when asked what's your relationship with your brother and harry said space like that makes me think like a lot of shit has happened. A lot has happened. And I think uh, William is very much like his father. What we know about Charles is that he is very attention hungry. He hates when the attention's not on himself. He's very jealous. He was jealous of Diana. He's jealous of his own sons. You're just so jealous. You're just so jealous. I'm getting a Bentley. You're not. <laughs> so it's no surprise to me that probably... All the aides on Charles' team were the ones that were spreading all these things about Meghan and Harry and pushed them out. Like, I really do believe it's coming from his own father's side. Yeah, agreed. And the one thing that, like, that really got me was how, like, they got completely cut off, like, financially. And he was saying how they've been living off the inheritance from his mom that she left behind. because, And he was like, I think she knew what was gonna happen? What was gonna happen? And it really does feel a lot of um, like deja vu or history repeating itself because the media was so vicious towards Diana. Same with the firm was so vicious towards her, um, and she they don't died like because any, of it. Yeah, she died because of it. They don't like anybody changing the status quo. Also, anybody who says that Megan is the one who um, pushed Harry out, it, Harry's always wanted out. Harry's entire thing, like, I remember, like, reading those teen magazines when we were kids, or, like, you know, standing... Every, the reason why we all loved Harry was because... Yeah, he was, like, he, he wanted rebellious. nothing to do with Yeah, it. he was, like, I don't give a fuck about being royal. So, to me, it was, like, never surprising that Harry wanted to leave. Harry's not even close to being in, like, um... No. To taking the throne, like... Fucking George at age eight will become king before him. Yeah. <laughs> George will become king before Charles at this point. Um, yeah, none of it was very shocking to me just in terms of what we were hearing. Um, my heart goes out to Meghan Markle um, and what she's been through. Um, and also, Pierce Morgan quit today. I was There's just thinking about Pierce Morgan. Um, <laughs> like, you know what? This man is so... 
mad at every Meghan day Markle. he wakes up and he was just like and he only has one thought he doesn't have any other thoughts it's i hate megan Markle. i love seeing everyone on twitter that's just like pierce morgan and it's a picture of um uh like josh peck and it's megan <laughs> yeah uh pierce morgan is vile he is now off his itv show so we wish him all the best on his journey to fox news <laughs> I think that's the end of our episode. This episode was a little longer than our usual episodes just because we had to, you know, get you guys introduced to us. But we aim to bring you all our hot takes in 30 minutes or less. Yeah. So you can look forward to new episodes, hopefully every Wednesday. Um, we'll see, we'll see I how say, this goes. I say hopefully because, like I said, I work in television. I work weird hours. So um, we're hoping to eventually just get on a good release schedule that works for the both of us um, and just bring you more content every week. And hopefully you guys like what you hear. Um, we can talk about nothing forever. Literally, so. Natalie made fun of me the other day because I first started talking about, like, the kidnapping of Elizabeth Smart to um, Nestle. Yeah. It, <laughs> we'll talk about nothing for so long, and oftentimes you'll notice that we get off track. Um, but I think that's what makes us endearing. And that's why everyone loves us. And that's why everybody loves us. And that's why this podcast is going to shoot right to number one. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening. And that's a wrap. That's a wrap. We'll see you next week.